Good afternoon to those of you listening in Europe and Asia, and good morning to those in the Americas. It's my pleasure to welcome you to BP's second quarter 2007 conference call. My name's Fergus MacLeod, and I'm BP's Head of Investor Relations. Before we start, I'd like to draw your attention to a couple of items. First, we will refer to slides used during the webcast. Many of you will already have received them by email. If you'd like to be placed on the email list for future releases, let us know. Second, I need to draw your attention to this slide. We may make forward-looking statements which are identified by the use of the words will, expect, and similar phrases. Actual results may differ from these plans or forecasts for a number of reasons, such as those noted here and in our filings. It's now my pleasure to introduce BP's new Chief Executive, Dr. Tony Hayward. Thank you, Fergus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our second quarter results presentation. This is, of course, something of a landmark for me, as these are my first set of results as BP's Chief Executive. In today's world, it's become traditional for a new leader to be judged on their first 100 days in office. This is my 95th day, so I hope you don't mind if, in addition to going through the usual quarterly numbers, I use this opportunity to take stock of the company from the perspective of a new CEO. It's been a busy period. I've been doing what I promised to do at the outset, focus on the company's operations. And to that effect, I've been urging everybody to concentrate on the same three things, safety, people, and performance. Whilst my travels to Russia have received a lot of press coverage, and I'll say more about that later, much more of my time has been spent visiting our facilities around the world, especially our refineries in the US, talking to our people. And I've been impressed by the dedication and teamwork I've seen everywhere in BP. However, my message today is simple. BP's current operational performance is not good enough. This has impacted our financial performance. I'm determined to fix this. The solution is clear. Restoring our operational performance is the best way of restoring our financial performance. Doing this will put momentum back into the business and BP back at the forefront of the energy industry. I'd like to start today with some of the good news. We now have greater clarity over several issues which were creating uncertainty. In the US, following the publication of the Baker Panel Report in January, we're implementing its recommendations and the board has appointed an independent expert to review that process. In Russia, we and our joint venture, TNKBP, agreed to examine a strategic alliance with Gazprom and found a way forward for the future of the Kvitka gas field. And in the boardroom, management succession has been resolved. These are important issues where I'm glad we've made good progress. My executive team is in place and we're enjoying working with each other in our new roles. And I'm particularly happy to confirm that Barr and Grote will remain as our Chief Financial Officer until the spring of 2009. Of course, there are remaining outstanding issues, but we're working hard on resolving those too. I'm also pleased that as well as making significant progress dealing with the short-term issues facing BP, the team has also kept its eyes on the longer term. We maintained our strategic momentum in the first half of 2007 and have taken important steps to further strengthen our asset base. In our exploration and production segment, we sanctioned a series of major projects, 
including the expansion of our San Juan coal bed methane operations in the US, SCARV in Norway, and the expansion of our gas handling terminal in the Southern North Sea. We signed major deals in Amman, where we could access between 20 and 30 TCF of gas resource, and in Libya, which is the biggest ever exploration commitment by BP. We had continuing exploration success in Angola, Egypt, and the Gulf of Mexico, and we signed a memorandum of understanding to enter into a strategic alliance with Gazprom. I'm particularly pleased about the latter because I do not think enough credit is always given to the success of our Russian operations. A strategic alliance with Gazprom has the potential to herald the next stage both for BP and the Russian economy in general. That next stage will likely see the increased importance of reciprocity, where instead of Russia simply receiving inward investment, Russian companies themselves start to invest abroad alongside companies like BP. Reciprocity with Russia, and indeed with many other countries, could become one of the next major trends in our industry. In refining and marketing, we upgraded our European portfolio by taking full ownership of Norefco and selling Coroton. We expanded our biofuels effort, endowing the Energy Bioscience Institute in the US and signing a deal with DuPont and Associated British Foods for the construction of a bioethanol plant. And we signed a joint venture with D1 Oils to develop a sustainable biodiesel feedstock from Jatropha, a drought-resistant plant which does not compete with food crops. In alternative energy, we continued our investment and began construction of megacell solar plants in Bangalore and Madrid. In wind power, by year-end, we will have 450 megawatts of capacity in the United States and India. We've also signed a joint venture with Rio Tinto to form hydrogen energy, which will develop decarbonised energy projects around the world. So there is plenty of good news, and we should keep that in mind when I get on in a moment to where BP is not doing so well, our current operational performance and the impact it is having on our competitive financial performance. Byron will go through the results in detail. The absolute numbers are large, but on most key measures, our competitive performance in the first half was disappointing. Our replacement cost profit declined 8% to $10.4 billion compared to the same period last year, and our post-tax cash flow fell 22% to $14.1 billion. Frankly, our financial performance is not good enough. I'm determined that it will improve. We should and we can do much better. I recognise that many shareholders will be disappointed by our competitive performance. Let me reassure you, we share their disappointment. The principal cause of our financial underperformance is missing revenue, either from refinery outages in the US or delayed upstream projects. We will improve revenues by restoring refining reliability in the US and bringing online projects such as Greater Plutonia, Atlantis and Thunderhorse. Byron said at the time of our first quarter results that 2007 would be a year of consolidation of restoring stability. That process is underway. Some of you will want me to give a precise timetable to say exactly when we can expect to see a recovery in BP's performance. But rather than make optimistic predictions, I prefer to concentrate on real delivery.
What I will say is that I am determined that we should see progress by the end of the year and that the momentum will build steadily through 2008. Our production and capex guidance for 2007, issued in February, is unchanged, as is our projection of future project startups. However, in the near term, I expect to see continued pressure on earnings and free cash flow from cost inflation in the industry supply chain and higher depreciation charges. We also plan to make fewer disposals than last year. By this time next year, the picture should be much clearer. I'm going to say more about the changes we intend to make in order to restore our performance in a moment. But now over to Byron, who will take us through the results in more detail. Thanks, Tony, and good day to those joining us on this call. Before discussing our results, I'd like to draw your attention to the additional disclosure in our stock exchange announcement related to the effect of IFRS fair value accounting on certain of our inventories. I've made it clear on a number of occasions that these are only timing effects, that over time they tend to wash out, and that as a result, we consider them part of underlying performance and not as non-operating items. All of that remains true, but I also recognize that in individual quarters, these effects can be significant, especially in volatile markets, and that many of you have requested additional disclosure. We've responded by providing details on these effects for refining and marketing and gas power and renewables on page 10 of the stock exchange announcement. I hope that you'll find this information helpful. I'll now begin my review of the quarter with the trading environment. The table shows the percentage year-on-year -year changes in BP's average upstream realizations and the industry indicator refining margin for the second quarter, as well as year-to-date. Our average 2Q liquids realization of $63 per barrel was significantly higher than the previous quarter, but comparable to a year ago. Our gas realization of around $4.50 per thousand cubic feet was also similar to that experienced a year ago, but was 8% lower than 1Q. Taking both oil and gas together, our 2Q hydrocarbon realizations were comparable to last year and 10% higher than the previous quarter. Refining margins continued to set new records. As the industry entered the driving season with historically low refining utilization and product stocks in the United States, our second quarter refining indicator margin of almost $17 per barrel was 32% higher than 2Q06. However, the margins realized by our own refineries did not increase to the same extent because of our product mix and low refining availability in the United States. Turning to the financials, our replacement cost profit of $6.1 billion was comparable in absolute terms to 2Q06. Our profit, including inventory gains and losses, was $7.4 billion, similar to last year, and up on a per share basis, reflecting the benefit of the 5% reduction in our shares outstanding over the past year. 
These figures include gains of around $750 million from non-operating items. I'll describe these items in more detail when discussing individual segment results. Operating cash flow of $6.1 billion was significantly lower compared to a year ago, primarily as a result of working capital movements. The 10.825 cent per share dividend announced today, which will be paid in September, is 10% higher than a year ago. The sterling dividend is roughly the same year on year, reflecting the sharply weaker dollar. As Tony's already indicated, the first half results shown at the bottom of the page are down year on year. Turning now to our segments, in ENP, we reported a pre-tax profit of $6.9 billion for the second quarter which included approximately $400 million of non-operating gains in respect of disposals and embedded derivatives related to certain heritage long-term North Sea gas contracts. Excluding these non-operating items, our underlying result was $6.5 billion compared with $7.3 billion last year. This reflects lower volumes, continued sector-specific inflation, greater integrity spend, and higher DDNA charges associated primarily with the change to SEC reserves reporting guidelines and increased decommissioning provisions. Reported production was 3.8 million barrels of oil equivalent per day, a decline of 5% compared with a year earlier. After adjusting for the effect of disposals, and the impact of lower entitlement in our production sharing agreements, production for the quarter was down 1%. Full year production in 2007 is expected to be in the range of 3.8 to 3.9 million barrels of oil equivalent per day, as outlined in the guidance we provided in February. Our refining and marketing result increased 48%, to $2.7 billion in 2Q07. This included a gain of around $770 million for non-operating items, mainly related to Coritan disposal gains. Excluding these non-operating items, our underlying result was $2 billion, compared to $2.3 billion a year ago. The benefits seen from the stronger margin environment and recommissioning of Texas City were more than offset by the impact of operational issues at a number of our U.S. refineries, in particular lower availability at Whiting, which I highlighted in the 1Q webcast. The operational issues at the Whiting refinery have limited the site's ability to make low sulfur gasoline from sour crude oil. Repairs are ongoing and we expect to resume sour crude processing in the fourth quarter. Completion of the work will restore the refinery to its full flexibility and crew capacity in the first half of 2008. In addition, the quarter's result reflects greater integrity spend, lower supply optimization benefits, and favorable fair value accounting effects. In gas power renewables, we reported a pre-tax profit of $190 million compared with around $450 million last year. 
This included a small charge for non-operating items related to embedded derivatives. Our second quarter underlying result was $226 million, reflecting a lower marketing and trading contribution, growing expenditure in alternative energy, and a favorable fair value accounting effect relative to 2Q06. In other business and corporate, or OBNC, our second quarter underlying charge of around $200 million was comparable to last year. Our expected full year underlying charge remains consistent with the range that I indicated back in February. Turning now to cash, this slide compares our sources and uses of cash in the first half of 2006 and 2007. Operating cash flow decreased to $14.1 billion, primarily as a result of working capital movements due to increasing oil prices. Disposals provided a further $3.7 billion. In total, sources of cash were almost $18 billion. We use this cash to fund $8 billion of organic capital spending, $1.2 billion of acquisitions, plus $8.5 billion of shareholder distributions. Our net debt ratio remained flat and at the bottom end of our targeted band of 20 to 30 percent. In the current environment, we expect to remain in the lower portion of this range. Shareholder distributions for the first half of the year were $8.5 billion. Dividend payments have totaled $4 billion, and we've bought back $4.5 billion of shares. The pace of our share buyback program in 2007 is slower than in the last two years. The level of our share buybacks is determined by our free cash flow which is currently missing several big revenue generators. In addition, 2005 and 2006 benefited from high disposal proceeds, including the sale of Innovene. We don't expect such large disposals in 2007. Our financial framework is unchanged. We remain committed to distributing 100% of excess free cash flow to investors other factors being appropriate. That concludes my remarks. Now back to Tony. Thank you, Barham. As I've already said, over the last few months, I spend a lot of time visiting our operations. I've enjoyed talking to our people and hearing what they had to say. Based on those conversations and what we've seen around the organization, my team and I have developed an agenda based on three very simple priorities, safety, people, and performance. First, safety. We're ensuring that we have consistent, safe, reliable operations across BP. We're implementing the Baker Panel recommendations. We're also in the early days of establishing a new way of operating in BP with the progressive rollout of a common group-wide operating management system. Both of these actions are aimed at improving the capability and consistency of our operations. Second people. We're focused on increasing our operating capability through investing in training and recruitment. We're in action deploying people from the office into the field, expanding our operating workforce, ensuring we have the right people in the right place and keeping those people in position longer. 
To support all of this, we're also putting in place a new training programme, Operating Essentials for all levels in the organisation. In terms of culture, we're focused on increasing openness and transparency throughout BP. We need to listen to people on the front line to recognise that bad news told early enough to act on is good news. I want to create a culture where everybody has a voice and where every voice is heard. And finally, we need to restore pride and confidence in our company. In the midst of the difficult events over the last few years, we should not forget that BP, like all companies, is not just a collection of assets, but a group of people working hard every day, providing energy for the basic necessities of life. I'm proud of what they do, and they should be too. In terms of performance, the focus is twofold. First, we will restore revenues by bringing the refineries in the US back to capacity and by starting up our major upstream projects. The second focus is on simplifying our organisation, reducing complexity and eliminating unnecessary activity. We will improve the efficiency of the group. We can be more efficient, leaner and fitter by ensuring we have a common and consistent way of doing things, by reducing our overheads and doing a better job at managing our third-party spend. For now, though, the priorities are clear. The focus is on safety, people and performance. Through delivering this agenda, we firmly believe that BP will rediscover its winning ways. In summary, BP has great fundamentals. Our strategy has been hugely successful in building an asset base that is the equal of any in the industry. When we are good, we're really very good. Azerbaijan and Russia are great examples, but we're not consistent enough. We will change that. Our financial framework is robust and we remain committed to distributing all excess free cash flow to shareholders. What we need to do now is to get the plant running and keep it running everywhere, regaining our momentum by focusing on the three priorities of safety, people and performance.